what being married all those years will do to you. <laughs> it's good to see you here this morning and uh, hope you enjoy what I'm going to bring you. Probably won't, but because it's going to probably step on some toes. But that's what I'm supposed to do. But no, uh, before we get started, uh, there are some people that we need to pray for. Uh, I know Friday I went up to the Azel Nursing Home and got to visit with some people. I visited with Elwanda, and I visited with J.B. Brown, and I visited with Dale Foster's dad, who's in there. We all had prayer and had a good conversation, had a good visit. And, uh, but we all, they all need prayer. JB is doing really pretty well. Maybe he'll get to come home before long. Uh, Dale's dad's improving. He's in, in, in therapy. He had to have a rod put in his leg and they've been uh, doing some therapy on his leg. And Grandma, she's there. I don't know if she knew who I was or not, but she kind of smiled a couple times, so I don't know. Maybe she did. And, uh, but uh, we have a, a man that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that Ted had talked to. His name was Michael Byers. He lives here at Reno up off of Quail Run, and he's going through a problem right now. He has cancer at the base of his skull. And uh, he, needs, he needs prayer. We thought maybe they may come to visit with us this morning, but they didn't make it. He may have not felt like getting out. But I did tell Ted, if you talk to him, to tell him that I will be glad to come to his house Pray with him. Just visit with him. Everything. I don't mind doing that at all. Being as I can't get into so many of the hospitals, every now and then I can get into Azel. I've been up there quite a bit, and they know me. And uh, I went up there to see <clears throat> JB, and I didn't. He was in ICU. And she said, well, I don't know if I can get you in or not. I said, you know, I don't understand this. People not only need physical healing, but they need spiritual healing also. Amen. They need prayer. They need to know that God's presence is there with them. That's my job, is to go up there, to see them, to pray with them, and to let them know that God's presence is with them. And she kind of looked at me and said, well, hold on just a minute. She went and come and uh, talked to somebody. And she said, you can go. Go in and visit with them. Of course, I had to put on all this garb. I had gowns on, mask, gloves, hat, face shield. I had it all on, but I did get to go in and visit and sometimes Azel will kind of work with me. I've been a chaplain up there for a number of years. 
And I miss that. I miss going to the hospitals. But when I get that opportunity to go, I go. And if I get that opportunity to go into the person's home, I go there too. You know, God doesn't limit me just to going into the hospitals. He allows me to go to your house. And I don't mind, and I'll pray for each and every one of you that need it. And uh, so y'all please keep Michael Byers, Byers in prayer about this cancer and hoping that they will come and visit with us. And because uh, I would like to meet the man, I would like to speak with him, and I would like to have prayer with him. I just want, I don't know... They, they went to church, Ted said, in Richland Hills at one time, but he just didn't feel like traveling and going that far anymore. So, and they just live right here at Azel. So, y'all keep him in prayer and just pray that God will open the door that we can visit with him and maybe get him in our church and just let him know we love him. That's what the whole thing is, love. And there's not enough love going around right now. The way this old world is functioning, the things that's going on, there's just so much. And there's so much anger. You would be surprised at the number of people I've talked to that they're angry. They're angry. The way that things have gone in their life, their family is maybe not getting along real good right now. They become disappointed. And a lot of them want to blame God for this. Well, it didn't used to be like this. That, you know, we was always close. We was always a close family. But things have happened. And you know, you see the title of my message, Forgive as He Forgave. Too many of us have too much unforgiveness in our heart. We're so easily offended right now. You know, the person really doesn't have to say much of anything before we get mad about something. It's the times, it's the stress of what's going on in this world today. I feel this when I'm talking to a number of people. And some of the questions I'll ask them. Have you ever just sat down with the person and had a conversation and find out what, what everything is going on, what it's about? A lot of it is nothing but misunderstanding. Somebody thought somebody said something that they didn't say. When something comes up, the best thing to do is go to the person and say, could we sit down and talk? Ask questions. Get to the person that has the unforgiveness in their heart. What is it that I have done that has offended you? Let's be honest with each other. 
Honesty will a lot of times take away unforgiveness. When the persons actually know the truth about things, it changes the whole situation. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands or nothing, has somebody said something about you and it got back to, or they, they said somebody said something about you and it got back to you and then you became angry and you never confronted the person that's supposed to say it, yet you're angry, y'all were friends at one time, but now y'all have nothing to do with each other. When a whole lot of it is nothing but a misunderstanding, something that wasn't said, somebody took something the wrong way, and time it goes around to several different people, it's nowhere near what was said or took place. When you were kids, did you ever play that game where somebody would say something, and it would go through about 10 or 15 people, and when it come back, it was entirely different than what it started out. That's the way this world is today. If there's a problem, confront it. Ask, what is it that I'm supposed to have done? Why are you mad at me? Talk to me. Tell me what I've done. And by the time they get through, none of that happened. There's nothing to it. And they can turn around and be friends. Or, if it did happen, they can talk about it, and they may not be friends any longer, but yet they can still get rid of the unforgiveness. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it tell you that you have to forget. You, you don't have to forget what happened. But you do have to forgive. You don't have to become best friends with that person forever. Sometimes they're actually, be honest with you, sometimes there needs to be a separation. To keep things from escalating, to hold down animosity. But sometimes a best friend. You need to separate. Because things just didn't work out. And God understands this. He don't expect you to stay in a relationship that's damaging with a friend. You know, even in marriage, God gave a reason for divorce. I think most of you know what it is. Unfaithfulness. Being unfaithful to your spouse. But we have to get rid of unforgiveness. Even God told us in His Word, you must forgive to be forgiven. Now that's pretty harsh, isn't it? That's pretty harsh. You mean I have to forgive somebody before God will forgive me? That's what God's Word says. You know, we have people out there, probably every one of us at one time 
or, another, or may, you may be going through it right now where there's some unforgiveness. It's causing a problem in your life. It's time to confront it. It's time to find out what is going on. Get the facts. Our, our forgiveness of others should be based on realizing how great God's forgiveness was for us. Think of all the things that you've done in your life and think about how they were against God and His Word. But yet, He said, you know, I'm going to get rid of this unforgiveness. I'm going to go back to that earth. I'm going to become a human being. I'm going to take the punishment that they deserve. I'm going to get on that cross and I'm going to die for their sins so that they can be forgiven. That's how much God loved us. That's how God felt about forgiveness. He didn't have to come back. But He loves us too much not to have come back. He don't want us to go through life with unforgiveness in our heart. He don't want us to be hated by somebody or us to hate somebody. That's a pretty strong word, hate. But some of the people I've talked to, that's exactly what it was and what it still is. They cannot stand to be around this person. I've asked them, I said, what has that person done? Well, it's just, I just don't even want to talk about it. I said, have you talked to that person about it? No, I don't even want to see that person. I said, well, how do you know this actually took place? Well, so-and-so's friend told me that. You know, I mean, this didn't even come from the person that he's mad at. And he don't really know if this person even said it. But yet, he's angry. He's mad. He's got unforgiveness in his heart. He don't even want to see this person. He don't want to hear this person's name. And that's going on in a lot of places right now. It's going on in our churches. Unforgiveness. And the church ought to be the first one to forgive. That's why you're here. It's because God forgave you. God forgave me. Oh, hey, I can look back at my life and... I have, I've got to get on my knees and praise and thank God for what He did in my life, for how He forgave me. And probably a lot of you do are the same way. We are not perfect people. God knows we're not perfect. There's no perfect person in this church. There's something with every one of us that we could straighten out and that we could fix. I've still got things in my life I need to fix. And God's still working on it. I still pray about God. Take the things away that are affecting me and my service to you. Anybody ever pray that? You ever pray for God to come into your life? to change your life, to make you a better person, make you a better person through receiving Jesus Christ, through loving others as Christ loves us. You know, that's a task 
to try to love others as Christ loved us. But I'll guarantee you, it would certainly get rid of a lot of unforgiveness. And we know that there has been some things in our lives happened that, uh, well, a lot of times, things that happen, it's hard to forgive. It's hard to forgive. Maybe somebody said something, somebody did something, but it is hard to forgive. There are those today, I've, you know, I've read stories and I've seen them, talk with them on TV and different places, but there's people out there today still trying to give, forgive child abusers, murderers that affected their family. They don't want that unforgiveness in their heart, but they're still dealing with it. And the only way that we're going to deal with this is through the love of Christ. That's the only way. And our flesh, we can't deal with it. But Christ can deal with it through you. He can show you love that you've never felt before. He can come into your life. He can change your life. He can make you forget about things that have happened. He can give you a new start in life. He can make that new person out of you. Like I said, one of my favorite, favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, any man who is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old things in your life have passed away and now everything has become new. And it's only Jesus that can do that. He is the only one that can make your life new. He's the only one that can really take away true unforgiveness. He's the one that wants to come into your life and change your life. But we have to open up the door to let him in. He'll knock. But do you realize that the handle is on the inside? You have to open it. Christ is not going to barge in. He's not going to force his way into your life. But he's there. Wanting you to ask him to come into my life, Lord, change me. Make me that new creation in God. Take away this old life that I have and give me a brand new life. Let me start over. And that's exactly what he does. You start over. You become a new creation. Your sins are forgiven. They're all gone. He does not bring them back up to you. You are a brand new creation in Christ. A brand new person with no sin. And Christ's love is just all over you. He wants to bless you. And he wants to be there with you. You know... I know that there are many relationships where small hurts have piled up. A lot of times they start out small, but they grow and they grow because we don't take care of it and handle it while they're small. And the longer we wait, the bigger the hurts and pain becomes. And it just ends up like it's just a big tangled mess. 
And we probably all had this in our lives. We've probably all gone through it. Maybe some of you are going through it right now. But God is your answer. He is the only answer. And, it, and I just want to say, how do we truly forgive others when it hurts so much? When you've been hurt so much, how do I truly forgive those that have hurt me? Through love and through Christ. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, tells us if we can do this, we can take away unforgiveness. It tells us get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice is just simply another word for evil. Your evil thoughts against that person. You think, oh, I'd like to get my hands on that person. Oh, what I could do to them. You ever think about that? Oh, I could sure get even with them. Get rid of that kind of thinking. Get rid of that stuff. And all forgiveness begins with us believing that God wants, wants us to forgive things. And like I said a while ago, in Matthew 6, 1, it tells us, If we do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. You know, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? If we don't forgive, God said, I can't forgive you. Most of us don't even think about that. We don't, we, that, that never enters our mind. Yeah, but God, what this person has done. I can just see, I can just see Christ right now. But do you realize what you have done to me? What man has done to Christ, and yet he forgave us. He forgave us. We can see that our instructions from God to forgive are clear, and forgiveness is very serious in God's eyes. If God will tell you, if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. And a lot of times we let that pass over our head. Well, surely God didn't mean that. If God didn't mean it, he wouldn't have put it in his word. The Bible is the infallible, inspired word of God. God had his writers put in the Bible under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit what he wanted us to know, what he wanted us to get into our heart, what we have to know, you know, the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E. I've heard this for I don't know how long. You know what that stands for, Bible? B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions before you leave earth. You better know what that word says. And it's true. That's probably one of the truest little antidotes there, I guess, that but Bible just simply means basic. These are basic instructions before you leave earth. Get this down into your heart, what I am telling you. I love you. 
I want you in heaven with me. Get my word down in your heart. And, uh, you know, if we feel we are unable or unwilling to forgive, then we need to spend a little more time reflecting on the forgiveness of Christ in our life. Think back, like I said a while ago, think back what you have done that could very easily and probably did offended Christ, your life before Christ, but yet he forgave us. You know, I think back, what about the Apostle Paul? All the stuff that Paul did, he was totally against the Christian people. He was wanting to, to put the Christian people on trial. He was wanting to have them killed. Matter of fact, they say that Paul, whenever they were stoning Stephen, that Paul was there. Well, what was Paul doing? He was holding the coats of those that were stoning Stephen. But you know, Paul, as much as he hated Christians, I think God evidently must have looked at him and said, I think I could really use that man right there. I'm going to change his life. I think God has said that a lot about a lot of us. I can use that person if they allow me to change their life. Well, Paul had quite an experience on the road to Damascus. God come upon Paul. You know, he even blinded Paul. And I think that gave Paul probably more sight than he ever had before. He took time to listen. He took time to hear the word of God. He took time to say yes to Christ. And upon Paul accepting Christ, believing, y'all realize Paul wrote probably nearly three-fourths of the New Testament. God used him in a mighty way. There's people out here in this audience today that God can use you in a mighty way if you'll just let him. Paul could have said, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I refuse. But he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. Because I've really enjoyed what Paul has had to say. How God used him. How God wants to use us. You know, Paul could have had, he probably did. It started out, well, he probably had a lot of unforgiveness in his heart against Christian people. But God changed him. There's many people out there right now that are angry and mad at Christian people. They call us phonies, fakes. I hope they're not talking about this church. I hope as we walk out here among our friends, our people, that they can see Christ in you. They know that you're sincere. They know you love the Lord. They know that when you pray for them, you're praying out of your heart because you do love them. 
But well, sometimes when it comes to that unforgiveness, we have to think back of all we did, and yet Christ still forgave us. You know, I, 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 I thought back as I, was, as I was studying on this here. Christ had a lot of forgiveness. Just think of what all took place that Christ had to forgive. The Bible tells us that men, with all their, they hated Christ, they abused him, they lied about him, they slandered him, they mocked him. All these men did all these things and more to Christ, the one who came to die for us and to save us from our sins and to give us eternal life. They did all this to him. But yet, he forgave them. He forgave them. You know, I don't know how Christ could do it. Because Christ is God. And God is love. As I think about it, as Christ hung on that cross, what were his words? And all the people standing around looking at him, laughing at him, mocking him, pointing. Don't tell them what they were saying to him. What did he do? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Christ came to die for our forgiveness. And he stood and on that cross. He sat right there and said, Father, forgive them. In other words, Christ had forgiven us. And now he's asking the Father to do the same thing, to forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of what we have done. When we have the ability to forgive others, you know, it, it lets them see Christ in us, and it also shows your relationship with Christ. They see Christ in you. When you can forgive and do the things that Christ did. You know, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Forgiveness is just not simply saying, oh, I forgive you. Anybody can say that. Anybody can say that. Rather, forgiveness is canceling the debt that that person, the pain, and the hurt that that person has caused you. Canceling out the debt that you feel they owe you. Isn't that what Christ did? He canceled our debt. I'm going to take care of your debt. I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to give you eternal life simply because I love you. When we believe upon Christ, and what he did, we are identifying ourselves with Christ and his love. You know, let me ask you, is your priority Christ? Or is it your own needs, your own desires, your own hurts, or your own pain? Are you, is that all you're looking at? Christ is one that takes that away. 
Think about it. Christ's priority was us. His priority was us. And the Bible also tells us something that's really hard to do. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it tells us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Have you ever just really sat there and prayed for your enemies? Have you sat there and prayed for those that you've got unforgiveness in your heart for? That's what God expects us to do. He expects us to pray for others. If we've truly forgiven, then we should be able to think about that person without bitterness, rage, or anger. When you truly, truly forgive, when you can do this, you're going to be very surprised at what takes place in your life. You have been set free from anger. You have peace in your heart that you never had before. When you can sincerely forgive and pray for those who have caused you pain, you're, you are at the beginning of a new life. The things that God wants to do for you. But when you truly forgive, God puts such a peace in your heart He says it's that peace that passes all understanding. How come I feel like this? Why do I have such a peace now? Because God put it in your heart. Now I said something earlier when I got here. And I just want to finish that up. I want to say something to y'all who need to forgive someone. I don't know. If you're in here that needs to forgive someone, but if you do, I'm going to speak to you right now. It's just for a few minutes. Very short. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean that a relationship has to continue as if a hurt never happened. We think sometimes, well, I'll forgive them now. I've got to go back and I've got to pal around with them and do all this. No. If it is a, If it was... A true thing that happened, you do not necessarily have to continue that relationship. You forgive them, but you do not have to continue in that relationship. Our heart may be free of anger and bitterness, and we can earnestly pray for the one who caused us pain. When you can do this, you're starting over. But we no longer enjoy this person's friendship or companionship. There was things that happened. You can forgive it, but you don't have to continue to to where that hurt is going to continue on. Uh, Maybe this person that you had the problem with was not a Christian. Maybe they even tried to talk you out of church and to do things that you knew you shouldn't do. There's a scripture in the Bible. 
It tells us this. It is 2 Corinthians 6.14. Listen to what it says. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Righteousness and unrighteousness cannot have a fellowship. If you are a Christian and you're serving God and a friend of yours is not a Christian and they are trying to sway you away from God and go back into the world where probably we was all at one time or another before we came to Christ. You are the righteous, they are the unrighteous. This is what friendship does unrighteousness have with righteousness? It don't. Matter of fact, we'll just finish it. And what communion has light with darkness? In Christ is light, in the world is darkness. Light does not mingle or mix with darkness. One thing about the light, though, darkness, if you're a true, true Christian, darkness cannot overcome light. There's no way. I don't care how dark it is. The faintest little bit of light shows up in that darkness. You can see it. But sometimes a friend tries to really sway you into their way, into their world, into their lifestyle, and you know it's wrong. And the best thing to do is to avoid that relationship. It's not that you hate them. It's not that you can't forgive them for something. But you just don't need to be with them. And a lot of times, well, I'm a Christian. I've got to, I have got to, to, to be there. I've got to, walk, I've got to be there for them. I've got to be there with them. You can talk to them. But you know, this running around and being friends like you used to be, most of the time it won't work. It don't work. Sometimes you have to break off certain relationships in order for you to have unforgiveness. To have, excuse me, to have forgiveness and get rid of unforgiveness. When you truly love Christ, you don't want that hate. You don't want that animosity in your life. That is one reason that sometimes I'll tell you that when I have the opportunity to go see somebody and pray with them, I don't know what their, some of them, a lot of times I don't know what their relationship with Christ is. But I can go and I can present Christ to them and let them see Christ in me. If that's going to change them or not, I don't know. That's going to be their choice. 
if they don't want to change, I won't go back. And that's what I'll tell you. I say, I am, I am a representative of Christ. If I am offending you by coming in here and talking to you and praying for you about Jesus Christ, if that offends you, I don't want to do that. So I, I will not come back. But I'll tell you what I will do. I will continue to pray for you. And if you feel a need in your heart that you might like to hear more about Christ, I'll be glad to come back and talk to you. But I'm not going to force Jesus on you. You know, God gave us a free will. He does not force us into anything. He does not force us to love Him. He does not force us to believe in Him. He wants us to, but He's not going to force you. This is a free will. If He forces you in it, it's not really you. It's not really you believing. It's not really you loving Him. It's He's forced you to. And He won't do that. You love Him out of your free will because you want to love Him. You want to serve Him. You want to honor him. You, you want, to, you want to, to, for him to, to, to bless you. It's our choice. It's our choice to go to heaven. It's our choice to go to hell. He gave us that choice. If our choice is to go to hell, he's going to honor your choice. And he's going to let you go. If you want to go to heaven, oh, that really makes you happy. He's going to honor that too, and you're going to go to heaven. But you make the choice. You know, when we are around different people, we need to pray to God about, Lord, do I need to continue this relationship? Well, it benefits you if I continue into this relationship. And then let God guide you. Maybe God's working on those people. And maybe you could be a light to them. You might help them. But you need to pray about it. But you know, it's unfortunate that most of us are carrying around some bitterness towards somebody today. Most of us have some bitterness in our heart for somebody out there today. We need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that bitterness. Ask God to cleanse your heart, to take away all the bitterness and just let His love show through you. Let God set you free from any unforgiveness in your life. He's the one that sets us free. I'm going to ask the band to come up And, to, uh, and times, you know, unforgiveness is something that God says we got to get rid of. <clears throat> because if we can't for, forgive, then He can't forgive us. And that's scary. That's scary. That if, if we're holding something against somebody and can't forgive them, God says, look at all you've done to me, to my son, but yet we forgave you. Not you that has to forgive.
I said, that is very serious in God's eyes. He doesn't take it lightly. He told us to pray for our enemies and all that persecute us. To pray that, that, that they have a change in their life. If you're here today and you feel like there's any unforgiveness in your heart for anyone, would you go to God with that? Ask Him, Lord, I understand what your word said, that I have to forgive in order for you to forgive me. Father, I love you. And I need your forgiveness. Please help me to forgive others that have offended me. I've been there. I've had stuff in my heart. It's gone. I don't have that unforgiveness anymore. I was set free of it. God can set us all free. And you'll be surprised at the difference in your life when God sets you free and gives you peace and you feel His love and you know that you belong to Him. I'm going to ask the band to play. And like I say, if you, if you, if you need to forgive somebody, you can sit right there and do it. We've got an altar that you can come down. I'll be down front, be glad to pray with you. I don't want to hear no names or anything else. That's between you and God. But you do need to get rid of it. You do need to get rid of it. So I'll ask the band to play. And if you've got if, if you're in a position that you need to be forgiven by God and you need to forgive somebody, but you're just Hard to do. God can make a way where there looks like there is no way. And he will. <clears throat>